Ladies and gentlemen, what a week it was. I'm not lying to you when I say I think my favorite episode of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast ever is about to enter your ears. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun one. Y'all boys ready for this? How the folks let's gather around for the best sports talk in town. You got our hosts, Darren, Tim, and Chris. Baby, it can't get better than this. Give out all the power rankings. Laugh at all the teams tanking. A lot of fun, a lot of surprise. Let's give it up for the guys in this league. Yee-haw! Bang, baby. There it is. There it is. Wow. Welcome in. Welcome in to season two, episode two of the This League Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Chris Mitchum, with the typical gang, my two best friends in the whole world. We have Tim Raider. Hello, how's it going, everybody? And Aaron Hunt. Word. How are we feeling tonight, fellas? Dude, how about that freaking introduction? Like, way to just put the weight of the world on my shoulders. We haven't even had this episode yet, and you're saying it's the best one ever. I'm ready. I, for, for for the material that we have, there's a lot of juicy stuff in here. I feel like, like what even, if we just lay a dud? What if it's just like nothing? Just a bunch of dry talk and no jokes and <laughs> horrible. That'd be sad. No, I feel like even the people that don't listen to this podcast a lot, it's gonna be like, you know what? I wanna think I wanna know what people think about my trade. Or I wanna know it's what gonna, people think about my draft. It's yeah. gonna drive some interest if it doesn't. Because we are spitting hardcore facts here. Yeah, lots of information here. No mercy. Get the get the opinions, not too much opinions because we don't want to help you scrubs, but it's going to be some <laughs> good stuff. So like I said, we have a packed, packed, packed show for you today. We have the draft recap. We are going to detail round one because let's be honest, those guys in round one typically have a pretty immediate impact on your team. So we're going to go pick by pick through that one, discuss the potential impacts of those picks, and then we're going to run through two and three pretty quick and talk about some highlights. And then we have maybe my favorite segment the trade war segment we are going to have two people enter the ring oh there it is we're gonna have two people into the ring one person is going to leave as the winner of a trade and there's not going to be any ties because there's only three of us so there's always going to be a winner no matter what and then uh we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna be done because honestly if we did more than that we're gonna be here for two hours because there's a lot of content to unpack But first, before we get to all that, we have a very important announcement, ladies and gentlemen. We have a panic alarm sound. We have two, not one, but two name changes. Two name changes to talk about. First of all, we have Tim, who, if you're not listening to this and don't have access to the podcast, you won't know why he changed his name to this. But Tim, go ahead and go ahead and announce it to the to the crowd. What's your new team name? Uh, yeah, so the new team name, uh, I'm going from Burroughs Best of last year. Go Bengals. To the Mixon administration. I dig that a lot. I dig that a lot. What are we feeling, Aaron? I like it a lot, man. Yeah, I feel like I was looking at uh, names for my team last year, and uh, I had Joe Mixon on one of my redraft teams and was like, man. That would be kind of a cool name. I didn't end up going with it. So Tim, you're you're safe. You're uh, the first one. So I'd like yeah. I'd like to say I came up with that name, but really it was the top hit on Google for Cincinnati Bengals fantasy football team names. So you know, 
originality points. Maybe not so much, but for this league, every single originality point there is. You didn't even have to say it. I thought it was impressive. Didn't even have to say it. And the other team name we had, Mr. Zach Welch, true to form, true to his words, changes his team name from the Broad Ripple Swim Team to We Want More, because he has DJ Moore, right? Yeah, something like that. Wrong. I think it's Kellen Moore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Why is that name slipping me? Who is that? Oh, he's only the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, Chris. Come on. Is that who it is? I, as I've heard that name. Yeah, Bo- Boise State left-handed quarterback back in the day. Not yeah, Kellen. He's like 5'2", bro. Oh, my God. And in the pocket. Not Kellen Mond. Kellen Moore. Okay. Correct. But yeah, obviously, it's because, as again, we'll get to it later, he drafted Rondell Moore, put his money where his mouth is, and he did the damn thing. So, uh, two name changes for you. I, I really like Mexican administration. I dig that a lot. We want more. Fine, but I like the mix administration a lot. So, uh, before we get into what you're all here for, we would be reminisced if we didn't do the drink of the day. I am popping here, actually, about to pop a fresh one. Oh, yeah, I got a Masagave strawberry premium hard seltzer. That's what we're on today. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's the best uh, slurp of either season. <laughs> Yeah. Tim, what you on, man? Oh, we are sipping some eighth day distillery bourbon whiskey. Get out there, drink local, support local. Good stuff. I can't confirm that is amazing. I had a fifth of that at one point. I was at Sun King Carmel not too long ago. And so I'm done drinking. I am on some Ovaltine. So yeah. Some know. some what? Ovaltine. You never you ever heard of Ovaltine? I feel like I'm missing out on a joke right now. I don't know what that is. I no, thought you were saying oatmeal tea. I was like, what the hell is oatmeal tea? No, Ovaltine. It's like a powder that you can put in milk for like flavor. You never heard of it? Is it like protein powder or something? Like I'm 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 lost. What, what? It's kind of like protein powder, but not really. Okay. Your milk needs flavoring. Yeah. So some chocolate milk, but yeah, I mean, it's got like some different nutrients and stuff. So yeah, build strong bones, baby. <laughs> nice. All right. Whiskey, seltzer, and Ovaltine, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> you have to look it up after the pod's over. All right. Can do. Let's get on to the draft recap. Nice. All right, ladies and gentlemen. So the first ever this league rookie draft has come and gone. The draft took place Saturday, May 15th in the beautiful Salesforce Tower up on the 27th floor. Wonderful views from way up there. And may I add, everyone looked beautiful as well, representing their teams well. I mean, and then there was Stretch. And then thank you to everyone, honestly, who came out. All the teams were there besides Clayton, you boo-boo, little hoe. So um, what we're going to do here uh, with the draft recap, instead of moseying on, we're going to go through each pick in the first round because, like I said before, you expect these guys to have a pretty instant impact to your team. And we'll analyze those picks and the impacts that they will have on their respective teams. And then we'll burn through rounds two and three and discuss any highlights we saw there. So anything to add before we dive in, gentlemen? I like you getting the uh, stretch Chris trash talk already started. It's, it's, there's no offseason. Never any offseason. No off Let's season. go. <laughs> I'm telling you, everybody looks great. And then there's stretch. All right. 
So, <laughs> without further ado, let's dive in with pick 101. Aaron seemed to own the entire first round, which basically did. But with 101, mm-hmm. no big surprises there. Maybe, you know, Javante Williams could have flirted with it. You know, maybe a Jamar Chase. But no, he surprises no one. Takes Najee Harris, running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, which, unless I'm wrong, I think he was kind of consensus 101. Yeah, pretty much no-brainer. I would have been shocked to see anybody else go there. Uh, Yeah, nothing really to add. Yeah, I was just locked in on him, honestly, the minute he got called for the Steelers. uh, That's such an ideal spot for him. Steelers' offensive line is not the greatest, but he's going to get 25, 30 touches a game. Easy. So... The volume is king in uh, fantasy football. Yep, I think uh, I think like again, like I said, like if a, if a oh my gosh, if a Javante, Whoa. I had a seizure. Sorry, <laughs> I had a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> if Javante Williams would have gone there, I think he would have been one hundred and one, um, just because I I like his talent more. But um, yeah, I think it's really a result of your of your environment there. There's nobody really behind him unless he loses snaps to like Benny Snell. Or Anthony McFarland, which I highly doubt that happens. I think he's the 101. And then uh, going on to pick number two in the first round, we had Tim taking Jamar Chase, Bengals pride. If anybody knows Tim Raider, he who day? is a who day and supporter from day one. And I think this is just the obvious, you know, 102 in my opinion. Um, he's the clear cut wide receiver one of the rookie class. He's a beast on the field. When we last time we saw him with Joe Burrow, he lit it up. And to think how Justin Jefferson performed this past year and Jamar, Ch- Jamar Chase was technically better statistically. Uh, it's just going to be kind of, kind of scary to see him in the Bengals offense. So hopefully Joe Burrow can get some protection and actually be able to throw it to him. Uh, but assuming that does happen, I think he's in for a big year. Yeah, I mean, you would argue, too, that, um, you know, Jeff, Justin Jefferson has arguably the worst quarterback, maybe not as dynamic, but arguably the worst quarterback and a more of an alpha in Adam Thielen on the other side. And if we ha- agree with the consensus that Jamar Chase is more talented than Justin Jefferson is, more talented quarterback, arguably, and doesn't necessarily have that alpha that Adam Thielen is, sky's the limit. Yeah, Chase really comes in, and he's going to be the Bengals' number one target from day one. Boyd's the slot. Higgins is a phenomenal number two, but Jamar Chase is brought in to be the number one. That being said, all off season long, I was thinking it was, I'm going to have the pick of Najee or Travis Etienne. You know, I was thinking it was going to be one of the top two running backs, but it really wasn't until draft time that I even was like, you know what? Maybe Jamar Chase, my team. And it really worked out for my team. I was, I was in need of a receiver more than I was a running back. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you had Darren Waller too, so no really need for Kyle Pitts wherever he went. Um, no need there. So, yep. Well, I'll move on here. Pick three was, uh, oh no, it was Aaron again. Yeah, it's, it's still Aaron. Uh, he acquired the pick with from Don the day before the draft um, for his entire 22 draft, and he picked Kyle Pitts. And any insight in there, Aaron and I were texting, talking a little draft before. I wouldn't have had the option to pick him again because he had another pick before me. 
but I let it be known that I was high on Kyle Pitts. Aaron's team, I don't even remember who your other tight end is or was, but tight end was a big spot for you to lock down. And Pitts, if the talent comes with the reputation, then you're set for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was in love with Kyle Pitts. I kind of kept it on the DL, I feel like, for most of the offseason. But watching film on him, listening to scouts, listening to analysts, I think he's the real deal. And a fourth, you know, fourth pick overall in the draft going to the Falcons. The Falcons are going to trade Julio Jones. That's probably going to happen before the start of the season. I think that just means more target share for Kyle Pitts. I mean, it, what if, if he doesn't, you know, put up Kelsey-like numbers or something this year, I'm not going to be too disappointed. But, um, I mean, he's too talented to fail. Uh, it's really the thing that I came down to. I mean, this guy is just an anomaly. He's too fast for linebackers, and he's too big for DBs. I mean, he is just something we haven't seen really since Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, and you're right. Sometimes rookie tight ends may be a little slow, but, you know, you're, this is the long ball game. He's He's – projected to be up there top in the next couple of years so so the the eric ebrons of the world don't give you a little bit of pause i mean every, it seems like every titan that's been taken this high has not turned out at all oj howard yeah that doesn't give you a little bit of pause not at all not at all and that's why i traded my whole 2022 draft for him touche touche i like the confidence i know yeah all right, so we'll move on to pick number four so far. Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts off the board. No big surprises there until we get to pick number four, in my opinion. Hayden, with pick number four, takes wide receiver Jalen Waddle, the new toy for Tua Tagovailoa. That was pretty good. Down in Miami, going number four overall to Hayden's team. Um, I, I have a lot of issues with this pick. Um, I've, I've never told Hayden this, but when you look at the running backs still on the board, running backs are so, so scarce in this league right now. And it seems like the, the teams that have the running backs seem to have a very large plethora of them, especially with the latest trades that's happened. And when you have the likes of Devontae Smith on the board, I, I probably would have cho- chosen him over Jalen Waddle just because of um, not only the opportunity, but maybe even the quarterback. Tua has not prove that he is that dynamic granted Jalen Hurts hasn't either but um I I don't dislike Jalen Waddle I think he's the closest thing to like you know if everything goes perfectly to plan he's the closest thing to Tyree Kill in this draft but just with the other stuff on the board and Hayden's team makeup I'm not a super big fan of this but I may be wrong yeah I mean there's a lot of mouths to feed in Miami right you've got Devontae Parker, who's still there, um, he's going into his, what, fifth or sixth year in the league. So if he stays healthy, he's going to be a top target. Um, You've got Mike Gesicki, who came on last year at times as well at tight end. You still have Miles Gaskin, who gets his out of the backfield, and it it gets some passing work as well. And then, you know, you got Preston Williams as well. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are there who have shown proven production. And then Tua Tagovailoa, I mean – he wasn't great last year. So you're kind of taking a risk that he really turns a corner in year two and can get Jalen the ball in space coming out of the slot. Cause that's really where he's going to play. You'll have, um, you know, Devonte Parker on the outside and then Will Fuller when he gets back from suspension uh, really stretching the field. So you're just relying a lot on his speed and 
he's really talented. Um, I wouldn't doubt that he might have led Alabama in receiving yards if he stayed healthy the whole season, but um, there's there's definitely a bit of risk there, especially at 104. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't think I I don't think I have anything really against this tra- or this pick for Hayden. If you're looking at talent, you know I personally got really sour on Etienne towards the draft. It was never super high, especially once Devonta Smith went to Philly. Jalen Hurts to me is like two tiers below Tua right now. Um, but you know that being said, Javante Williams was was still there. Um, I think just the long term potential. Like any, like any first round pick, you can always say, oh, if they they're healthy and they get the right people around them, you know, Jalen Waddle's ceiling is extremely high. Yeah, I agree. And why I might not be a big fan of this, one of the biggest winners of the whole draft, I think, is Miles Gaskin. I have no idea how the Dolphins did not address that position. Maybe they're mm-hmm. big Miles Gaskin fans. Maybe they somebody like a Todd Gurley goes there or something. I know I already already signed a uh, Malcolm Brown, but. Um, that's that's a little that's a little side note. Hayden, not a huge fan of the pick, but congrats on Miles Gaskin. It's a big win for you. And then moving right along here, so we've got Stretch at the 105, and he picks Travis Etienne. Uh, I think this is just uh, really a value pick here, but you kind of just your preference of you know going through the scouting and really understanding the players left, who you really like on the board. Um, there's a lot of mixed reviews with Travis Etienne. Uh, straight line speed, the dude's a burner. Uh, he improved his pass catching ability incredibly in college. He couldn't catch worth a damn his freshman year, and then move, you know fast forward to his junior year, and he's catching you know close to 50 balls, I believe. So uh, he's really came alive in that regard. And there's been a lot of reports actually out of Jacksonville that he's lining up in receiving positions. So. Urban Meyer always has had a weird thing with receiver slash running back hybrids and using them in creative ways in college. Curtis Samuel, for example, and he was at Ohio State. So it'd be kind of cool to see. Yeah, so it'd be kind of cool to see how uh, Travis is used. But for for Kyle's team, I'm I'm just not sure where where he fits. I don't know if he's a if he's a day one starter or if he contributes right away because he's already got some alphas at running back. I kind of thought he'd go receiver to be honest with you. Yeah, I don't know. If you had a camera on me during this selection, you would have seen a couple of fist pumps under the table. I was, like I said, I soured on Etienne, especially once he went to the Jaguars for one reason mainly, James Robinson. Undrafted free agent, averaged four and a half yards a carry. I mean, I'm looking at the tar- the stats. He had 60 targets and caught 49 last year. Like, unless something happened and all of a sudden Urban's, you know, going to kick James Robinson to the curb, there's not many touches out there for Etienne, especially year one. So, like I said, like, I mean, I, I was like, let's go. I'm coming up again soon. So, it was a guy I wasn't going to touch. So, I was pretty excited to see Stretch take him. Yeah, I tried not to give a lot of advice on this podcast for obvious reasons, but James Robinson's not going away. Everybody talking about Etienne's the person. Oh, he's the guy, da, da, da. There's a reason why the Jaguars, literally coaching staff said, ah, we missed out on Kadarius Tony. We were really looking at him, so we took Etienne. And we're lining him up a receiver. It's like uh, the words are showing. I don't know. You can, you know, words aren't necessarily gold, but I don't think James Robinson's going away. He definitely won't be, you know, a top 10 running back next year, but I don't think he's going away. Can't yeah, take away gonna, the job. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say they're, they're trying to get Etienne as a quote unquote playmaker. You know, he's not coming in running back receiver. He's, they're trying to, uh, you know, 
advertise him as a playmaker. Percy Harvin. But what does that do in fantasy? Not a whole lot usually. I did the fart noise for you. Okay. Uh, going <laughs> on to pick six. Pick six. Uh, we have Anthony and Team Uninspired Youth, and they select wide receiver Devontae Smith. I alluded to it earlier. Talent-wise, he's very good, but the fit with Philadelphia, that's kind of my theme this first round. A lot of the players, once they got drafted by their real NFL team, I didn't like the fit. And I just, Jalen Hurts, we don't know what the hell he's going to be. And I just, I don't know. I, I just don't know. That, that's really, my brain just stops after that with Devonta Smith. I don't know what to expect out of him. A, year one, and B, in the next five years. I am uh, a big fan of Devonta Smith. He's a tactician. He can run routes with the best of them. Yeah, he's 160 pounds and won't weigh himself in front of literally anyone, including uh, people who are trying to draft him. But uh, I was really hoping he would fall to me at seven. That would have been my automatic selection at number seven. When really Anthony picked him, it really threw me into a, a tiff because then I had to rearrange what I was going to wow. because I really thought because Anthony's Anthony needs an RB badly. I mean, I, I, Javante Williams, I thought he was a slam dunk, no doubt about it. I'm going to get that and plug him right in. So Anthony's a. Anthony's current RB2s behind Derrick Henry are Devin Singletary, Jamal Williams, Jeff Wilson, Daryl Henderson. Yeah, so it's an it's a need, <laughs> like a desperate need at his Yikes. on his team. So it yeah, I mean, kudos to him for getting him because he now, in my opinion, has the best young wide receiver core in the entire league. He's got CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith. That's true. I, I was going to ask, Tim, how does that make you feel as a uh, Jalen Rager owner? Honestly, not too bad, but I'm still like just Philadelphia receiver. That's such a huge question mark. Rager, being a number two for Rager might open him up more if people are going to start shifting coverages towards Devontae Smith, if he really turns out to be that guy. I don't think it's going to hurt Rager in terms of fantasy expectations, I don't think he was ever going to develop into like a consistent, like a top five, top 10 scoring guy. He's a guy that's kind of like, he needs to be able to be flexed into a lineup at any given week. So it's going to really de depend on Devonte Smith and how that offense opens up for him now. And this year that he might hopefully be healthy the whole year. And, and one thing to add real quick. So the reason I also like Devonte Smith a lot is because I genuinely believe the Eagles will, um, be off of Jalen Hurts after this season. I think they're going to finish in a, into a top 10 pick and they're going to take a quarterback um, to where they have that answer for Devontae Smith in the future, potentially a Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma type deal. Yeah, I could see that. Um, there's one thing I was going to add. I forgot what it was. Oh, I was going to say, what was the name? What was the name of that wide receiver that Clayton started like three or four weeks last time that just balled out? Travis Fulgham? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting in the background being like, huh, losers, I'm the number one here. <laughs> right. Travis Fulgham. All right. So uh, Devontae Smith goes to Anthony at six. So we go to pick number seven. It is Aaron once again. And we talked about it a lot prior to. Um, I We talked about whether he would do it or not, what if it made sense for his team. He ends up pulling the trigger, takes the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback out of Clemson, goes to Joe Burrow. goes to Jacksonville. Uh, number seven goes to 
uh, Aaron's team to back up Russell Wilson, maybe start over Russell Wilson. You we never know. But um, yeah, so Aaron picks Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think it's a good one because when you get Najee Harris, the best running back, you get Kyle Pitts, the best tight end, you have you have a room for a luxury pick. You know, you didn't really have any glaring needs on your team after that. So Trevor Lawrence here, I think, makes a lot of sense. If you know, even by next year, if he hops into that Trevor Lawrence or Trevor Lawrence, uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson tier, I don't really think a lot of people would be surprised by that just because of his sheer talent. He definitely doesn't have a lack of weapons down there as well. Um, I don't think anybody would be surprised by that. So a lot of room for a luxury pick. So this pick makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it definitely makes a lot of sense. And, and having a backup for Russ is going to is going to be very valuable. You know, best prospect since Joe Burrow. However, Shut Jacksonville, <laughs> like just like I, I struggle to remember when Jacksonville was good. College coach coming to the NFL. Hey, they made the AFC championship game like three years ago like, with Blake, Blake Bortles. Bortles. Oh, yeah. That was like seven or eight years ago now, I think. Was it really? Yeah, it was, a long I think it was like 2014 ish. I could be wrong, but wow. it's been a while. But anyway, so like it's Sorry. Jacksonville, man. Like, like you guys are Colts fans. Like, Colt, go Colts. It's Jacksonville. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was deadlocked between Trevor Lawrence and Javante Williams because I'm a big fan of Javante Williams as well. I think the dude's a stud and him going to Denver is a good landing spot. I think he takes over the job next year. They're going to let Melvin Gordon walk after this year. So, I was in between them. I was like, man, I could really develop the running back depth. But then I thought about the fact I don't have a 2022 pick. And really, Russell Wilson, as much as he helped me win last year, he was the reason I lost as well. Um, just the inconsistency. And I got to get more than 16 points out of a quarterback. So if I can get what a lot of people say is one of the best quarterback prospects we've ever seen um, to – potentially overtake Russell and give me more of an opportunity to score more points at that position, which with the quarterback scoring six points per touchdown in our league, it just makes it more valuable. Uh, I decided to go for it. And I think the Jaguars are going to be down all the time. So they're going to have to pass. Yeah. Their defense can't stop anybody right now. Yeah. They just kind of suck. Yeah. All right. Moving right along now, Tim following behind me at pick number eight. And he got Javante Williams, which is a oh, unreal pick. I just did the nut drop. Oh my god, what a freaking pick! Yeah, at 108, I really didn't think he'd last wow. to be there that long. Um, unreal. I mean, this guy arguably could be the number one running back in the class. It's between him and Najee. It really just depends on uh, what you see on film, what you're evaluation says about each player but there's no doubt the dude's dynamic I think he had uh, the most yards after contact or something crazy in college uh, this past season so his contact balance is nuts Um, Denver literally moved up to get him early in the second round so they obviously believe in him I think he's going to be a workhorse and uh, just the value here is undeniable and just Tim's running backs now just get stronger 
Yeah, whenever I was watching tape of Javante Williams, my my immediate comparison was Aaron Jones. So it, he, he was kind of close to Alvin Kamara, whereas he's super shifty. He can line up outside as a receiver, super big pass catcher. But the thing about Aaron Jones is he can also run between the tackles when he has to and break a tackle when he has to, and that's Javante Williams for me. Um, he can really do it all. Pass catching is excellent. And, you know, I think the only thing kind of holding him back right now might be Melvin Gordon, which that will last maximum a year. Um, and then also the, the quarterback situation there. If you don't have a great quarterback, you're not going to have a great offense. So the scoring opportunities might be kind of low. But like like Aaron said, um, he was my personal um, just based on skill and uh, just kind of like the eye test. He was my personal number one running back. I thought he was incredible. Um, so going to Denver. And you get him at pick eight. I mean, Jesus. Steal of the first round and maybe steal of the draft, in my opinion. I'd say steal I of the was, draft. Yeah. I was between Jamar Chase and Javante Williams at 102. So to get wow. the other at one, like after Etienne was gone in my brain, it was really Javante Williams running back or Jamar Chase receiver. So for me to get him, when, when he fell – after stretch picked and then Anthony went receiver. I'm like, Aaron's going to take him. Of course, he's going to get the guy. I would have honestly, I would have probably taken Trevor Lawrence after that. But when he fell to me, I was like, I, I'm shocked. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, Melvin Gordon, you know, you think max a year, I think max six weeks, he's going to be the RB one talent's going to overtake him. Melvin Gordon's turning 28 this year. The running backs don't last that long. They straight up don't. So yeah, you know, there's a little bit of offense as a whole worry, but I'm kind of my best, you know, my rookie scenario is kind of like looking at DeAndre Swift of last year. You know, he was kind of buried on the depth chart until a week six, seven, eight breaks out and really finishes those weeks as top 10 RBs. He got a little hurt, but you know, like the projection for me is I want, he should, I'm hoping and expecting him to be the starting running back by mid season at the very latest and then, like like you said, you know, just watching him and what the talent that he has and the authority he runs with, I like your Aaron Jones comp. What I what I was kind of thinking along the lines of everything was more Nick Chubb, just like doesn't go down. At like like Aaron said, you know, most yards after contact, the dude just bounces off people and keeps his legs going. Uh, I'm I was you know super super happy and excited when I got him at eight, as you should. Yeah, that's so, incredible pick, incredible pick. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, moving on, pick nine in the first round. Steven, he went receiver, Rashad Bateman, uh, Baltimore Ravens. So, you know, whole offense of receivers passing to receive. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> good pick. At this point in the draft, you know, there wasn't a whole lot available. Like, you're, you're, this is where you're kind of in that tier two, I feel like. Yeah, tier one is those top eight guys. I was going to say that. Yep. This is where we definitely we kind of take a step down into tier two, whether it's going to take development, the right situation or the right coach. Um, Bateman, you know, he insanely talented in college. You know, the separation issues I could kind of see a little bit, but like, you know, with Lamar Jackson, just the Ravens offense in general, he's got a really high ceiling. So this is this is a good pick at the bottom of the first round. Yeah, if if Rashad Bateman would have went anywhere else but Baltimore, I would be putting him in the same tier as Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle. I think Jamar Chase is in his own tier, but those those two, the Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smiths, I would have put him right there. Um, kind of similar to Javante Williams for me. Um, 
he had one of my favorite tapes looking at it. He's super strong, super agile, runs routes really well. I, I, I'd, I'd be curious to know if, how upset Steven was that you put that you took Javante Williams before him. I mean, we all know Steven's running back situation, uh, arguably. I'm pretty sure he was trying to trade up with me. I can't remember. I'm really? pretty sure he was trying to get that spot and swap me. Wow. Because he, he sent me a text and was like, how much would it take to move up? And I was like, you know, in that position, I'm allowed to say, who are you looking for? Because there's only one spot. And he goes, Javante Williams. And I texted back. I said, sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and he looked at me. He's just like, you know, he's like, I get it, man. <laughs> It's defeated. Wow. Yeah. The landing spot is awful, right? I mean, the Ravens, you probably can't think of a worse spot to go to, uh, even with the draft capital. Draft capital seems to not matter when you go to Baltimore. Uh, we've seen it over and over again. Devin Duvernay. Uh, Devin Duvernay. Yeah. Hollywood <laughs> Brown was hyped up, and we saw how that turned out. I mean, just not living up to expectations. If your name is anything other than Mark Andrews, I just don't feel like you're a reliable wide receiver asset uh, on the Ravens. You're just not. So, yeah, the talent's there. Uh, there are a bit some concerns of just how interested he really is in football. There are some plays, especially during the season, where he just seems like he kind of quit, um, just disinterested. But um, overall, I mean, he's a good prospect. Uh, at 109, I mean, who else are you going to take there? I mean, all of the other guys are gone. Uh, at that point, it's almost like, I mean, he is the most talented guy left. You just hate the landing spot. Yep, I agree. Great guy, terrible landing spot. So, but kind of like you said, I don't think there's anybody else there at that point. So, going to the last pick of the first round, um, we had Zach. He stuck to his plan. He had the post-it note. That said, more no matter what. When was that written? Didn't you say that was like a two years old or something? Uh, he claims to have written it last year. Wow. More no matter what. To it when he gave it to me, he walked up and I was like, you know, everyone knew. Right. Including Tim, because uh, I didn't think he would. Because I thought he would address other, you know, maybe needs on his team. But whatever. Who am I? But yes, 10th overall, Rondell Moore. Uh, drafted by the Cardinals to now form the shortest team in the NFL with Kyler Murray. Uh, um, goes to Zach at pick 10. Uh, I mean, when you look at Rondell Moore, you know, he's going to be that Deshaun Jackson that I feel like one week he's going to give you two points, you know, two catches for 15 yards, and the next week he's going to give you four catches for 150 and three touchdowns. You know, he's going to be that guy uh, where maybe he can prove me wrong and kind of be more consistent. But, um, you know, when you look at Zach's roster and some of the moves that he made, um, I think he has room for kind of like that pop guy. Um, so this kind of makes sense to me. I, I probably would have went uh, elsewhere, maybe take a shot on a more kind of more stable guy. But that's just kind of my way to play. Yeah, Zach, he had his heart set on Rondale Moore for three years, probably before this league was even formed. He said, I'm going to find a fantasy league to join. And I'm going to draft Rondell Moore in three years. And he's going to be my wide receiver one every week, no matter what. So, you know, I think, you know, rookie year, you're, you're kind of right. It's going to be kind of Jalen Rager-esque. It's going to be, if he doesn't score a touchdown, I don't think he's relevant his rookie year. They just still have some wide receiver talent, and the offense as a whole is really good. Murray's got a lot of running in his legs. As rookie receiver, I you know, the ceiling's not super high, 
But, you know, when you're just in love with a guy, I get it. You know, you, you just take them. Yeah, at some point your heart's going to win over a fantasy, even though, you know, we're playing for big bucks here. But, you know, I can't fault the guy for falling in love. <laughs> yeah, I like to pick, uh, especially the landing spot of going to the Cardinals. That's sexy. I mean, just being in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, he likes to sling it with Kyler Murray. And you got to think about the future, too. So Larry Fitzgerald, he's old. He's probably going to retire next year for sure if he does play this year. Even. Unless they get Julio. Right, unless they trade for Julio. <laughs> Rumors are swirling out I know. there. Uh, the, Andy be... Isabella, he's better than – Rondell Moore is way better than Andy Isabella. So there's a clear path for targets other than, you know, D-Hop, who's still going to be there for a couple years. Uh, the only thing that's just historically not been good is guys who are like 5'9 or lower in height. Uh, Rondell Moore is 5'7". So <laughs> – uh, he really needs to rely on his speed to beat people. He needs to rely on route running, and he's going to be doing a lot of underneath routes. He's going to be in the slot probably his whole career just because of his size. But the dude is an athletic freak. I mean, he is just so strong. The videos of him squatting like 600 pounds is just nuts. So I think he's athletic enough for the NFL for sure, but can he make a fantasy impact and be – a wide receiver one consistently, I think that's very, very tough to live up to. Yeah, you wonder if Kyler can even see him and find him out there. You know, like that's a legitimate concern. <laughs> he's already yeah. hopping over his offensive linemen so we can see. Nice, <laughs> guys. Jeez, all right. So Rondo Moore rounds out round one. Um, just to quickly recap, so uh, 101, Najee Harris to Aaron. 102, Jamar Chase to Tim. 103, uh, Kyle Pitts to Aaron. We had Jalen Waddle to Hayden, Travis Ntiet at five to Stretch, Devontae Smith at six to Anthony, Trevor Lawrence at seven to Aaron, Javante Williams. Oh, God. Thank you not. Pick eight to Tim. Uh, Rashad Bateman, pick nine to Steven, and Ron Dale Moore, pick 10 to Zach. So now uh, for the rest of the draft, um, we're going to just burn through the rounds two and three. Tim's just going to say him off the cuff, and then we're basically going to talk about uh, any highlights that we see. So, Tim, take it away. Yeah, so starting off round two, Clayton had his first pick of the draft. He goes running back Trey Sermon. Number two, two, Don. He goes running back Michael Carter. Two, three, Chris with his first pick of the draft. He goes receiver Elijah Moore. Two, four, Hayden. Receiver Terrace Marshall. Five, uh, highlight would be myself, Tim, selecting Justin Fields, the quarterback. I traded Josh Jacobs to stretch for Joe Mixon in 205 to get another potential quarterback of the future. Like I said, looking for Trevor Lawrence earlier. So, I, you know, quarterback was on the mind. Uh, two, six, Anthony selects running back Kenneth Gainwell. Two, seven, Steven trades up two spots with Aaron. He throws in a third round pick and Steven selects his quarterback of the future, Trey Lance. Uh, the quarterbacks really sad, a little run there in the middle of the second Two eight Clayton, Nico Collins, receiver two nine, Aaron, Amon, Ra, St. Brown, Amon receiver. And to round out the second round stretch snags Kadarius, Tony in a move where he traded Tyler Lockett and 3-7 to Zach for 2-10 and Marvin Jones. 
So Stretch gets Kadarius Tony and Marvin Jones for Tyler Lockett in third round pick seven. Yep. All right. So Aaron, uh, you heard the second round. What is something that sticks out to you? Uh, Kadarius Tony at two ten. Um, I mean, he had first round draft capital. I honestly thought he would go a lot earlier than this. I think that's a huge value play for him to get him there. I thought about Kadarius. I really did. Uh, but again, the height, it just scares me. And also the giants have so many weapons. It's just tough to see a path for targets, especially in the near term. And it's just, it's one of those situations where you got to think like, are you a win now or are you a rebuild? You know? And if like, I'm more of a rebuild. Maybe I go the Kadarius Tony because I got time to wait, but I went with my guy. I'm on Ross St. Brown because I mean, who the hell else are you going to throw the ball to in Detroit? I mean, he almost just like, just it falls into his lab targets. So that's, that's kind of the surprise for me. Yeah. Uh, for me, I promised I wouldn't air my grievance here, but I'm just going to do it real quick. Let me do it. Trey Sermon and Michael Carter going the first two picks of the second round is an absolute <laughs> disgrace, okay? I was going to be like, you know what? Whichever one's there, I'm just going to take it, and I'm going to be happy because I need some depth, whatever. Super upset. We'll talk about it later, but I ended up getting my running back. Anyways, uh, I ended up taking Elijah Moore, who personally I would have taken over both Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore. Um, like his situation a lot, like his talent. Um, I think he's going to pair really well with Zach Wilson. Um, but my my biggest thing uh, – uh, Tim trading up for Justin Fields. Um, as an Ohio State fan, and I've told him this, that maybe makes him feel a little better, but whenever Dwayne Haskins came out, I said he's going to suck. Whenever Braxton Miller and um, uh, the guy who was a Jets, Barrett. Terrell Pryor, uh, whenever they came out, I was like, they're going to suck. They're not going to be great. Justin Fields coming out, he's the real deal. He is a workhorse. He can throw the ball. He's mobile and he's a straight winner. I mean, he might not blow you away with any one particular thing about his game, but that mindset, that Mamba mentality that can get you pretty far. And if you're a winner, I think you can, I think you can kind of make up for a lot of those, uh, lacking of abilities you might have in other places. So, um, I, I think Tim really got his quarterback of the future. Um, and I think him and, uh, the bears head coach slipping on his name. Nagy. Yeah. Hood coach Matt Nagy. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to make a great partnership. Love that pick. Yeah, I think your words coupled with the Chicago, just you know, they didn't, you know, Andy Dalton's the stopgap. I was a little bit, you know, between him and uh, Trey Lance, but you know, your words and then the Chicago fit made me sold on Justin Fields and hopefully that quarterback of the future. I would say my biggest surprise of round two was that it was all rookies. You know, you know this is the the rookie draft. But it's a good point. You know, we're allowed to draft free agents here. That's why there are no waivers all off season. Is so you know when you get Carson Wentz moving on, you get Sam Darnold trade. You know some of these guys. I'm like, okay, round two. You know, would you rather have someone like that, or you know, not to poo poo on anybody, but like you know when you see Nico Collins, Kenneth Gainwell, like some of the names, I was just like, you know, I feel like there might be some better free agents out there. But that's what I would say was my biggest surprise. Rookies are just sexy, Tim. They're just so sexy. Oh, I agree. They're I so agree. shiny. I was not. <laughs> Look at all that untapped potential. <laughs> all right. And I will run through the third round here real quick. So at 301, uh, we had myself, Chris, taking Amari Rogers. 
Uh, 3-2, we had Dawn Perignon taking, I did not write down the first names. And honestly, this far down the draft, I might not know first names. So Adams, the wide receiver who went to Detroit, went. Jonathan th- Adams. Jonathan Adams, yes. At 3-3, again, I took uh, Ramon, I know his friend, Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, yes. Ramondre. Yeah. Uh, freaking tank. Went to the Patriots at 3-3. Uh, 3-4, Hayden takes Pat Firemuth, tied in from his Pittsburgh Steelers. 3-5, Stretch takes Kenneth Herbert, running back for the Chicago Bears. 3-6. Khalil. Khalil, Khalil yeah, Herbert, my bad. Uh, 3-6, Anthony, uninspired youth, takes Chubba Hubbard, uh, going to running back to Carolina. 3-7, the first non-rookie comes off the board, goes to Zach, uh, and what I think is a great pick. We might talk about it later, but 3-7, Carson Wentz, quarterback for the Colts. Colt, go Colts. Goes to Zach at 3-7. 3-8, Clayton takes Jordan Love. Quarterback for the uh, for the Packers. Maybe banking on some Aaron Rodgers movement there. 3-8 goes to Clayton. 3-9, Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver. Back to the rookies. Wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. Goes to Hayden. And uh, also, Hayden acquired that pick from Aaron for, wait for it, $12 and fab. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Woo. We can lighten the world up there. And then uh 310, mystery relevant, but not in our hearts. Zach's takes Diami Brown, wide receiver for the Washington Redskins. Tim, what sticks out to you here? Another one for me. Well, so I'm I was happy to see the free agents go, but um what I would consider second or third best value slash steal of the draft is Zach getting Diami Diami Brown at 310. I mean, he was Jamar Chase Waddle, you know, the top tier receivers, but he was that next guy and he lands in a decent spot. I would say, you know, they've got, they picked up Curtis Samuel in the off season to go with scary Terry, but I think he could see a lot of targets and he's, he's a, like I said, kind of the third best value slash steal of the draft in my opinion. Uh, I think the biggest call out that I had, and I think I'm still scratching my head. I haven't been able to ask stretch about it, but who Khalil Herbert, uh, <laughs> not, not sure at all. My guy, what you're doing. There. You're just he's saying fourth, that for he's David the fourth Montgomery. string running back for the bears and he may not even make the team. So I don't know if you're going to cut him like before training camp or after training camp, but he kind of is just wasting space on your roster. <laughs> yeah, I, I will admit, whenever I was at the draft, I had to scroll down my rankings pretty far to get to Herbert. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> he is yeah. the fourth string running back. Oh, my stuff, god! Stuff like that is interesting in drafts because it's like why Aaron trades out in the third round and why I didn't have a third round pick is because at some point – you don't have you don't you're not going to keep them on your roster so it's like you might as well get value somewhere else so that, that's definitely something i think to watch in the future yeah i feel that my my biggest takeaway was the two non-rookies that went in this round i love one scratching my head on the other um so carson wentz if all goes right he goes from arguably the worst offensive line to arguably the best offensive line gets back with his freaking quarterback talker and frank reich um he could be a top 10 quarterback next year. It wouldn't shock me I'm not saying he's Definitely. going to be, but uh, it would not shock me if he's a top 10 quarterback next year going in the third round. And then the pick after that, Jordan love, um, you know, obviously that's depending on Aaron Rodgers leaving. And if Aaron Rodgers does leave, um, 
I'm not so sure he's even the starting quarterback in Green Bay. I'm really not. I, from videos I've seen, stuff I've heard from the coaches saying that he's still kind of a work in progress. Um, it's I guess it's a high risk, high reward kind of thing, but yeah, kind of scratching my head on that one. Yeah, you got to look and see like what his roster is like to see. Does he have somebody he can stash and see? But at the end of the day, you know, third round pick, like I'm saying, if you if he pans out, great. If not, you know, you're not really losing a whole lot of value. Um, but it was fun to see a non-rookie, but yeah, it's, it's really going to depend on Aaron Rodgers, and that's just still so far from being settled. Yep. I agree. All right, well, there's your draft, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you again for everybody that came out. Um, hopefully, when this episode comes out, I'll have the new This League logo done so you all can get off my penis about me and Tim being on the cover. <laughs> Don't worry. Everybody's going to be on there. If I'm feeling freaky, maybe I'll even add Clayton in there, Photoshop him somehow or something. But uh, yeah, it was a great time. Thank you to everybody who came out. It was fun, and uh, maybe the best part about the draft was all the trades that happened. It personally shocked me, and we're about to dig into the most significant of them right now. All right, so this is going to be a long podcast, but there's a lot of juicy stuff. I'm on a roll. You know, I'm still drinking. Let's just freaking do this. So, ladies and gentlemen, what I think is the most exciting part of Dynasty football is the art of trading. Now, each team... And each trade, if you think about it, wagers something. I mean, each move damn near makes you more win now or rebuild. Typically, you can kind of get each side of the trade. So if you want to include the major trades that occurred during the draft and the trade frenzy that happened post-draft, we have about six trades to break down. And just about every team involved, or just about every team is involved in at least one of them. Sorry, Clayton, Anthony, and Steven. You guys didn't really have any quote-unquote major trades to note in here that we're going to go over. So we are going to put each trade into the This League trade ring. Mano y mano. And we're going to decide who comes out on top. Any questions before we start, fellas? Now let's get it started. It's going to be a bloodbath. Here we go. Round one. We have Aaron in the left corner taking on Don in the right corner. It was May 14th, the day before the draft. Aaron Hunt receives the 2021 pick 103, the third pick in the 2021 draft, which turns out to be Kyle Pitts. Meanwhile, Don select or Don receives Aaron's entire 2022 draft. First, second, third round, all of it goes to Don. So he gets Kyle Pitts, trades away his old draft. We'll see how we feel. How we're going to decide the winners of these drafts. Whoever is announcing the pick is going to count down from three. And on go, we all say the name of the person we won the draft. And then we discuss. Are we ready, fellas? Yes, sir. Let's go. All righty. So Aaron gets Kyle Pitts. Don receives Aaron's entire 22, 2022 draft. Here we go. Who wins? Three, two, one. Aaron. 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 Oh, <laughs> all right. So me and Aaron say Aaron won the draft or won the trade. Excuse me. Tim says Don won the trade. So I think we give Tim the opportunity to no. Actually, I think me and Aaron go first. So Aaron, why do you think you won the trade? You might be biased, but why do you think you won the trade? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm again, I'm very biased and bullish on Kyle Pitts, probably to an extreme. I freaking love the guy. Um, but anyway, so I do wholeheartedly believe 
I won the trade. I don't think I won it by a landslide by any means, but in my opinion, I think I did because the risk is worth the reward. If Kyle Pitts is who people say he is, and he is a top three tight end for 10 years in the league, I automatically have a advantage at that position uh, for the foreseeable future against anybody I play. Travis Kelsey's not going to be around forever. He's up in age. Darren Waller's going to definitely be around for a couple more years, but again, he's up there in age. Kyle Pitts is 21 years old. So he and tight ends, I mean, they last a long time. So if he is the real deal, if he, if they, you know, he is who we all think he's going to be, then they are who worth, we thought they were. Then he's worth spending a lot for him. Uh, another reason why I'm okay with getting rid of all of my picks in 2022, uh, again, personal opinion, research, everything I've looked at, I'm not a fan of the 2022 class. I'm just not. The talent is not as high as it is in the 2021 draft, in my opinion, and it's going to be a more defensive draft. Uh, when you see mocks that are early, uh, you see maybe one to two offensive guys picked in the top 20 picks. Uh, so draft capital is not going to be there. I'm a win now team as well. I thought it was just more than worth it to just go for it. Yeah, I pretty much echo what you say. I just say if you if we assume that Aaron's picks are going to be low in the draft, so obviously Aaron should be one of the last two teams remaining. So if his pick is you know one eight, one nine, one ten, you know you're basically trading the the one eight, which is your big valuable piece for Kyle Pitts, which I I would probably do every year. So, but Tim, you 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 think differently? Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, for argument's sake, I was rolling through Don's roster. There are at least 10, 11 guys that I would not want on my roster at all. Like, they would not make my team. (laughs) Don clearly is having a hard reset after year one. And I think just for the strategy of what he's doing, he played his cards pretty decently. You know, he already had two first-round picks next year. Now he's got a third. Think of what we all thought of Aaron this year. Don's running next year's draft three in the first rounds. Like we've got injuries still to happen. We've still got trades to happen. Like shit will go down in this football season to, you know, we'll get into power rankings in a few weeks, but like stuff will happen to alter all of that. And I think Don's kind of leaning in to the rebuild. You know, he's going to have so many picks next year. His roster is going to look completely different in a year. And I think that's what you got to do in dynasties. If you're not in a win now, if you're not competing, you know, we have this league set up to where you can't tank. You can't tank and do it and get the top picks. So just acquiring more picks really does a lot to help you have just uh, draft capital to go get who you want or, in this case, completely reset eight to nine spots on your roster in one year. Yeah, I definitely think from a rebuild perspective, Don is, did a great job. I mean, um, f- from from that angle. But I think you could have... For the for the one hundred and three, and kind of had knowing what Aaron was going to do, I think you could have asked for a bit more. But kind of what Aaron said, I don't think yeah. he won this by a landslide. Um, he did have to give up, you know, an entire draft, so it's quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. No, I I think the value for the two of them, if you're waiting them, there's no eighty twenty like somebody got really ripped off. Um, but I just think Don leaning into it, and you know, it's a little bit better of the strategy than just purely of a rookie tight end and a win now team might not be the play. Yeah. Right. I agree. All right. So two votes for Aaron, one vote for Don. We will declare Aaron the winner of that trade, but like Aaron said, not by a wide margin. So we move in 
to trade number two. In the left corner, we have team, the Mixed Administration. And we're going to find out why his team is called the Mixed Administration here. We had Tim in the left corner. In the right corner, we had Stretch. Um, And this is Aaron's turn to decipher this trade. Yes, so we had Tim receiving Joe Mixon and also receiving Stretch's 2021 second uh, round pick that was pick number five, which turned into Justin Fields for Tim. And then Stretch on the opposing end received Josh Jacobs in exchange. So that's the trade at its face. So we'll see who wins the bout. Count us down, baby. Boys ready? All right. Three, two, one, Tim. 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 Oh, it's a sweep. <laughs> Complete sweep. I, I, I made that call at the last second. This is, this is me, Tim, speaking. Yeah, I made that at the last second. Go ahead. Yeah. I can start. Um, I am bullish on Joe Mixon. I know he's had a rough couple years. He's be- dealt with some injuries, etc. The dude is still young. He's still talented. The offense is going to be way better this year, and it was getting better even with Joe Burrow being healthy. Uh, they're going to give him passing volume. Giovanni Bernard is only getting older. Um, they- he's gone. Oh, he is gone, right? Oh, yeah. So they have Chris Evans now. Who else? Where'd he That's go, it? by the way? Samaje P. Ryan. Gio went to the, uh, I almost said the Patriots, the Buccaneers. Okay. Yeah. So he's not even there. So the pass catching back is gone. Samaje P. Ryan. I mean, he's Samaje P. Ryan. I mean, he's not like, he's not like he's going to take a lot of volume from Joe Mixon. So uh, they're going to shore up continually the offensive line as much as they can, I think, in future years. I just think that along with getting the two five, which turns out to be Justin Fields, which could be a really good, uh, if not starter, at least a surefire backup for Joe Burrow. Um, he's going to be really good. I, I believe in the NFL. I'm, I'm with Chris on that train. Um, I, and I'm, I'm just, I'm down on Josh Jacobs. Uh, I just think he has a lot of mileage. He's been banged up. I think he's gone every single year that he's been in the league. He's gotten hurt for multiple games. I mean, give the guy some credit. He plays through injuries, but uh, you got uh, Kenyon Drake who signed there. So he might take away some volume as well. The Raiders O line is not as good as it once was. So I don't know. I, I just like the value Tim got for that trade. And it's just Josh Jacobs, man. I don't know. It's that's a lot just, just to get him. Right. If, because I, I think Tim won the trade too. So if I can come to defense, to the defensive stretch at all, it's, you know, people are saying that now that Kenyon Drake's in Oakland, that Josh Jacobs is just left for dead. Like, yeah, he might be a solid RB2 or something. Yeah. But you have to remember, like, this isn't the first time that the Raiders have gone out and spent money or brought in people that makes you think, like, ah, is Josh Jacobs their guy? You know, he's still, did he finish as an RB1 last year? Josh Jacobs. I want to say yeah. he did, right? Yeah. He even missed a few games last year and he still finishes an RB1. So this is not the first time that Josh Jacobs has come into a season with competition behind him. Um, and I think respectively and like totally makes sense that people are down on him more because of Kenyon Drake. But people, I think, have kind of been leaving him for dead. And if I'm in a redraft league and I get Josh Jacobs, you know, in the fourth or fifth round as my RB2, hell yeah, dude. I love that pick. But 
kind of like what Aaron said. I, I love Joe Mixon. And then you got Justin Fields on top of it. Yeah. I, for me, it was about the timing of moving on from Josh Jacobs. His value is still high, but after the DUI this offseason, and then a lot of reports of John Gruden just really not not liking the guy as much and really kind of looking for his own way to move his offense along. I mean, John Gruden's going into what year four and they haven't done shit yet. So he's, he's got to feel the heat. Um, you know, he, he's on a pretty hot seat. So, and Joe Mixon was one of those guys I was targeting with this moving on from Josh Jacobs. Aaron hit the nail on the head. Offensive line is getting better. The offense is getting better. The potential for touchdowns is just through the roof. Um, and just the, the thing that, you know, not, everybody knows is the new offensive line coach. They went back and got Frank Pollock. And in the one year he was here before mixed and finished as RB nine. And that was with uh, Ryan Finley and Andy Dalton leading the charge Elite. and just as shitty as an offensive line. So I, th- I really think that's a huge acquisition for the Bengals. And of course it's all pending health. Um, that was big. And then as so on the, the draft pick, as I saw the quarterbacks falling, you know, I had Joe Burrow and Kirk Cousins and Big Ben. Big Ben I cut. Kirk Cousins is just there because he's kind of a vet and he's got good targets. But, like, if Burrow was, takes a little while to get back up to the speed, I really need a quarterback of the future. And Justin Fields was that top option left for me. I saw him falling, and I, I was like, I need to go get him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's, respectively so, a clean sweep in favor of Tim. Uh, if Stretch, if you're listening to this, really love to hear your uh, – your defense in the text or the calls, or maybe we'll, we plan to have everybody on here for their own episodes. So maybe you can defend it then, but we move into trade number three, Tim, take it away. My friend in the left corner, we have Zach and we want more. And in the right corner, there's stretch again, up to the ring. And I don't remember his team. His team is K stretch right now. Um, so in this trade, as talked about earlier, Zach receives wide receiver Tyler Lockett in pick 3-7, which turned into Carson Wentz. Stretch receives Marvin Jones in pick 2-10, which he turned into Kadarius Toney. Uh, this is right. hard. <laughs> this, I think this is a tough one, too, so let's give it a countdown here. All right. All right. Three, two, one Zach. Zach stretch. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Um, I guess I'll I'll come up to bat for Zach. Um, Tyler Lockett. Anybody who paid attention to fantasy last year, I think he finishes like the wide receiver thirteen or fourteen or something. Everybody knows he had like that one fifty-five point explosion and then just doo-dooed on himself the rest of the year. But he finishes RB. What was that nine? Wide receiver eight. Wow, holy crap. Jeez. Yeah, he finished his wide receiver eight last year. So um, ah, that's maybe the worst wide receiver eight you can get. But at the end of the day, he finishes wide receiver eight. Um, and then you also get Carson Wentz, who we all just agreed 10 minutes ago that he could be a top 10 quarterback and nobody would be surprised. So um, Zach – or sorry, that's a pretty good haul for Zach. When you consider you giving up Marvin Jones, who, yes, is going to a new system – where he might be wide receiver one, probably not, but he might be wide receiver one. And then you get an unproven Kadarius Tony, um, who no matter how you – any rookie, I don't care who it is, um, they're not proven. You don't know if they're going to do it. They can be the most surefire thing, but you don't know if they're going to do it. So anytime I can get a more proven asset 
in return for you know, a, a rookie, I'm going to do that every day of the week. So I do think Zach wins this trade. He gets the more proven asset, and he gets arguably a top 10 quarterback. And when you consider Tyler Lockett just resigned a new deal, Seattle likes him. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, I think if Zach picked uh, whatever Joe Schmo rookie was available with that 3-7 pick, I would say stretch won the trade. I agree. But the fact that he turned it into Carson Wentz, uh, as we've all noted on everything before, that's what pushed it on that edge for me. Now, I don't know that stretch necessarily was like, you know, he doesn't need Carson Wentz. He doesn't need that quarterback. Uh, Kadarius Tony, we all touched on. We all really thought he was a good pick at 210. Um, but, you know, you're looking at the rosters for next year. Stretch is a win now team. And Marvin Jones and Kadarius Tony are on his bench. Zach has Carson Wentz as his quarterback and Tyler Lockett in his receiving position. He's got two guys in the lineup. Stretch has got two guys on the bench. That's a good point. All right, Aaron. Come to come to Stretch's defense. It's, we don't Stretch is about to go over two here. <laughs> well, I feel like I've I've talked a lot of shit towards Stretch on this pod, so it's about time I get up to bat to defend him. Uh, I just as far as the value Zach got back, so Tyler Lockett, you kind of hit on it a little bit, Chris, but he was so streaky. I mean, it was like two games that really helped him even get into the top fifteen, top ten as a receiver. Uh, the Seattle offense, the only receiver you can rely upon consistently is DK Metcalf. I don't care what offense it is. I don't care if it's Shane Waldron coming in, you know, getting his system. Uh, I think that's the new offensive coordinator for the Seahawks. But I, it's just I don't have confidence in Tyler Lockett at all. Uh, I honestly would be super shocked if Tyler Lockett remained a starter for Zach the whole season. And then Carson Wentz, yeah, we think that he's going to be, you know, great in Indianapolis. But I mean, is going to be that, great. I I mean, I am trying to be a Colts fan, of course. <laughs> I want him to do good. But go, go do Colts. we think like is it a surefire thing that he gets out of his mental funk just because he's in a new city? I mean, he still has to gel. There has to be a lot of things that go right. And Zach had Carson Wentz already previously. So he just drops him to draft him again, and he might be a backup for him. I feel like keeping the 210, you can go get a Deami Brown. You can go get a Dwayne Eskridge. You can go get a receiver that might have some upside. It was such a deep receiver class that could really turn into a piece for Zach that he doesn't really have, which is young wide receiver depth. And so Marvin Jones as well, I mean, at worst, he's the wide receiver three, like at the very worst. At the best, he's wide receiver one with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if you're tied to Trevor Lawrence, I mean, that's a good thing. So Marvin Jones has proven he can be pretty productive uh, with Matthew Stafford. I think he can be productive with Trevor Lawrence. So I give the slight edge to Stretch. It was close for me, but I do believe Stretch won. There you have it. Aaron comes to the defense, but by the rules of the ring, unfortunately, Stretch gets knocked out again. Going over two in these drafts. Love to love, love to hear his reactions to these. So, gulp. We move on to trade number four. All right. Aaron, sir, take it away. Oh, it's getting juicy here, boys. Uh, it's a little hot here, man. I think so. Yeah. So, we got our boy Chris versus Don. Chris receives Zeke Elliott. Oof. And that's it. That's all he gets. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. What does he give Don? 
a king's ransom. <laughs> uh, no, so Don receives 2022 first, 2022 second, uh, an old grandpa, Todd Gurley, <laughs> <laughs> and Marquise Hollywood Brown. All right, guys. <laughs> Let's see what we think on this one. Who wins? All right. Countdown. Here we go. Three, two, one. Chris. Don. Don. Oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As it is per usual, Tim and I will debate first. Tim, what do you got on this uh, trade? Uh, All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say rewind it 20 minutes. Uh, Don leading in to the rebuild is why he wins this trade. It's the value is not awful for Chris, but you know, he is win now, and Zeke is more of a win now back. But if I'm picking between the two, Don and his rebuild gets a nice haul for for this. And you know, I guess you got a little potential in Hollywood, but Todd Gurley, he's just kind of like a a guy to put in Don's lineup. So when he gets to the losers bracket of the playoffs, he can try to win that first round pick or the first overall pick. Um, Zeke, I I think is a lot to do with the Cowboys and just them kind of sucking and Dak going down. But those fumbles last year were really concerning. He's got to get that focus back and to see if he's going to be what he used to be. Yeah, I'm going to go Don here. And the reason why is Tim, you've kind of already touched on it a little bit, but getting a third first round pick is huge in any draft class. So as much as I hate, well, I don't, okay. Hate's a strong word. I dislike the 2022 draft class getting three first round picks probably guarantees at least one of them is going to be starter worthy. It's just usually how the draft cycle goes. So he's going to at least get some value there. He gets a second round pick as well. So depending on where he lands, that could be decent value as well. Uh, Todd Gurley, probably going to cut him. Honestly, it's probably just one of those, hey, man, I'll throw you Todd Gurley or like, you know, I'll give you $5 on the ground. Uh, Just like pick between those. So that's that's that, I guess. And then Hollywood Brown, I mean, he's he's a player. So, I mean, he didn't do great last season, but maybe he comes around. The reason – I have Don winning is, is just because Zeke, yes, he's talented. I think for a win-now team, if you're going to be win-now, it's good. But how many years do you have him? I mean, he's going to probably be pretty solid this year. Um, usually running backs, I think, is Zeke, what, 25? I, yeah, Chris told me yeah, that he's 25. 25. So, you know, two years from now, how good is he, you know? Uh I mean, we don't really know. He's every single year his yards per carry has started to diminish. Uh, his statistics, it just he's starting to go downhill a little bit. So, I I like him for this year definitely, but long term asset, I don't know. And my one thing, real quick, for a defense of Chris, is if you win the nut, you could have given up you know two more first round picks and you, you'd still give the middle finger to everybody and say i won the night it doesn't matter yeah. so yes that's, that's it i think that's where you're getting at that's a good point tim yeah uh, i mean if you win it f everyone so okay where do i start okay okay i'm just trying to i'm trying to still come over the fact that i lost a trade to don um <laughs> okay i did this trade because a obviously i'm in win now um yep. i saw the arms race the the damn arms race that is the Kadoba division right now. Uh, everybody in that division, maybe out, or uh, 
no, I can honestly say everybody in that division, you have the defending champ. Zach got better. Tim is the man. I got better. Uh, who am I? Steven is one of the best guys out there. Everybody in that division is win now. And then you have Aaron in the Chipotle division off by himself. Stupid. But <laughs> everybody in that division is so crazy. And I feel like everybody in that division can make the argument that they're win now. So I kind of try to put my money where my mouth is. Ezekiel Elliott, undisputed top 10 running back next year. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you can't refute that. You, could, you can make the argument for top five. He gets Dak back. That offense is going to be so much better. With Dak, it was one of the highest scoring offenses in the league. Zeke was scoring touchdowns like taking candy from a baby, okay? So I, I honestly consider Todd Gurley and Marquise Brown to just be guys. Like, I, I honestly consider this pick trading Zeke for a first and second round pick. Todd Gurley and Hollywood was just, Hollywood's never going to get in my lineup. And Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley. So I consider this kind of just a first and second round pick for Zeke, which I would do, especially with a win now team. Um, I think I have the best running back core in the league now, personally, when you look at Saquon and Zeke kind of leading that effort. Um, I think really the only person that's close would maybe be Zach with Cook and, Cook and Jones. But uh, I think I have the best running back core. It's kind of what I wanted. And yes, I, I'm going for it, man. I'm, I'm freaking going for it. Trading away the future um to try and win now on the back of saquon zeke josh allen and if julio leaves calvin ridley like get on your horse let's ride so that was my justification um it hurts my soul that i lost a trade to don but we move so going in to trade number five we had zach and team i want more Going up against Hayden and his unnamed team so far. This trade occurred on May 19th. And Zach, again, in the Kadoba division, joins the arms race of elite running backs. Zach receives Aaron Jones, running back from the Green Bay Packers. Hayden receives Amari Cooper, who he received in a trade we'll go over later. And Chris Carson, um, I thought one way about this trade before, and now I'm kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see how you guys feel about this. So Zach gets Aaron Jones, Hayden gets Amari Cooper, and Chris Carson. Time to count us down. Are you ready? All right, here we go. All right. All right. Three, two, one, Zach. Hayden. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, you two. You two both you both picked Hayden. Here we go. I can start. Uh so yeah, I think Hayden wins this because uh I've made it known to some people in the league and you know, I think as we play more, people will pick up on this, but I believe wide receiver is the most valuable position in dynasty fantasy football. Uh they give you the most points, they last the longest. And they are usually the deciding factor of championship or no championship. Uh, Amari Cooper is in the middle of his prime. I think I changed my the, mind. I think I changed my mind. On one of the best. <laughs> already? <laughs> I, th- I just thought about it longer. I think I changed my mind. I might go on, one of the, on one of the best uh, passing attacks in the league. And he gets Dak Prescott back next year. Yeah, C.D. Lamb is there. I mean, he's amazing. He's really good. But I still think Amari Cooper is probably – going to be neck and neck with him as the wide receiver one on the team. And then not only that, but you also get Chris Carson who just signed a two-year contract and is going to get volume in Seattle's offense. Uh, 
honestly, I would do Amari for Aaron straight up uh, and get Amari Cooper back. And the fact that he got Chris Carson on top, I think it just very clearly Hayden won the trade for me. I do like Aaron Jones. I think Zach did well getting him. I think you mentioned it earlier that he has one of the best running back cores in the league now with Akers, him and Dalvin Cook. Uh, but Jones is, uh, if if this is his last year of prime, at this point he's going to start going down because that's usually how running backs go once they're in the league for, I think Aaron Jones has been in the league for what, four or five years now? Five, yeah. So One year he was like time. suspended or something like that, but yeah, five years. He has a good good contract, so he's going to be the alpha for a while. But uh, yeah, I think Hayden won. Yeah, I think um, for me, Hayden wins. I'm going a lot with kind of team strategy here. He needed more starters if he's going to win now. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, there's no reason for you to not at least be trying, even if it's in your own mind. So getting Aaron Jones or getting two starters, you know, at, well, you know, the trades kind of have a little bit more impact later on. But, you know, when you're looking at it, just Cooper and Carson for Aaron Jones, um, I think I think it's I think Hayden wins, but Zach was I think definitely trying to get off of Chris Carson. I think this was just like a um, just kind of worked out for both of them in their own minds. Uh, but I think Hayden wins by just getting the two guys here. Yeah, I think the reason why this is so close, I really could go either way. I'll stick to my guns and go Zach just to defend him. But I I've always been the belief that stud wins studs win championships. Um, you know, when you look at the top teams, they always have just those dudes that are just carrying them. If you look at Stretch, I think we all agree that Stretch did not have the best team last year, but he had Kyler Murray and Alvin Kamara who just just destroyed souls, and he just won games. Yeah. <laughs> so when uh, Aaron Jones, as I as I think, is the stud in this draft or in this trade, excuse me. So the fact that Zach gets him, he has arguably the best running back core, definitely top two. I think he can kind of hang his hat on that and say, this is what I'm going to ride or die on, is this stud running back core of Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. Um, and then his wide receivers are fine. So giving up Amari Cooper, who I think is always going to be a low-end wide receiver one, I can never really see him making that jump, especially with C.D. Lamb really coming into his own. And then Chris Carson, who I like this year. He re-signed his contract. Um, he does have that injury history, but I like him this year. Um so I think that that's close. Zach gets the stud, but Hayden gets the youngish wide receiver and the and the running back that's going to be doable this year. So that's why it's close for me. Um, I, I guess I still lean Zach because I'm a big stud guy. You saw it with my Zeke trade. Uh, but I guess that's why I go Zach. Uh, it's close, though. It's close. <laughs> it is close. All right. So um, Hayden wins that trade because of the rules. So we move on to the last one. Hayden re-enters the ring, but Tim, take it away. For the third time tonight, stretched, ah! bloodied and battered, steps into the ring. He's huffing and puffing. It's like round 40 for him. He goes into the ring against <laughs> Hayden. 40 for him. And Hayden's just fresh off of victory, so it's looking really mighty Where strong. Where he received Amari uh, Cooper. Troublesome for stretch. So this trade, stretch receives the just traded Amari Cooper from Hayden. What? Hayden receives Cortland Sutton off an ACL tear, 2022 second round pick and 2023 second round pick. Let's do the countdown. Three, two, one. Stretch. Stretch. 
All right. Unanimous. I'll, yeah, unanimous. I'll lead this one off, and mine's pretty simple. Like I just gave Hayden props in the last trade for going for it with Patrick Mahomes. You lost me here. Like, are you going for it? Are you rebuilding? Because, like, <laughs> Cooper for – like, Sutton, they got Jerry Judy. He's already down. He's coming off injury. Second-round picks are good, but they're never going to be great, in my opinion. So it's like you just said you're going to go for it. You're getting two starters, and now you're giving it up for, like, a low – wide receiver flex and then a couple of picks in the next two years. So you just lost me in that train of thought there. Yeah. Full, full disclosure. Um, I don't know if Hayden will want me sharing this, but I was going after Aaron Jones really hard. Um, I wanted a running back core of Saquon, Zeke, CEH and Aaron Jones. I wanted it. Um, we couldn't come to an agreement, but in that conversation, he talked about how he thinks he's a rebuilding team. He doesn't think he's win now, right now. Um, he was trying to get pieces to rebuild, so you're kind of trying to build something around that. But uh, so this this trade also kind of confuses me a little bit. Um, second round picks don't really mean that much to me. Uh, personally, unless you know you're trading with a guy who might not be the best. So it's going to be like an early one. So the fact that you get a 2022 one, which Aaron already alluded to, it's not going to be the best draft. And then 2023, and when you're trading out that far, it's hard to find value. And then you get Cortland Sutland, who with his quarterback situation and then you give away a young stud and amari cooper yeah it's pretty easy pretty easy stretch for me here yeah just gonna kind of reiterate what you guys have already said i mean just a bit of a head scratcher and just with denver's qb situation being in flux right now we don't even know who the opening day starter will be for certain i mean it could be drew Locke, could be teddy bridgewater teddy, we don't teddy could be aaron Rodgers. could be aaron Rodgers if they trade <laughs> right i mean that's a likely place that, you know, he'd want to go if a trade was to get done. Uh, yeah. For Cortland Sutton, who is coming off an injury, which is, you know, a risk. I mean, he was pretty promising when he was on the field. I'll give you that. He was talented and commanded a lot of targets, but he's definitely a downgrade from Mari Cooper. He's in the middle of his prime and set to have a huge year, uh, at least for the next couple of years, in my opinion. And then, second round picks as well. I mean, unless you have a really good grasp of both those draft classes and can kind of predict, okay, these guys are going to be undervalued. I can get them here. I think that uh, it's just a little, yeah, confusing. Um, you Like to Tim's point, you made a trade to be win now in our opinion and then to rebuild. So not, not sure, but uh stretch, I think it's a great receiver <laughs> on his end to uh, really bulk up his receiving core right i agree congrats to the winners congrats to the losers of the this league freaking octagon or whatever you want to call it of trades not even including these there was a couple more minor ones in the in the draft and there was some afterwards there was a good nine ten trades that happened which like i mentioned before that's what dynasty's all about baby there you want to try to push things to the point where you're encouraging trades as much as possible I always get butterflies in my stomach when I say when I see like a trade pending from sleeper. It's like those oh, two weeks, shoot. those two weeks of the trade and after. Every I time know. there's a sleeper alert, I was like, oh, "What's happening?" Like, "Oh my gosh, who's, who went where?" And I can I can go on another rant about the Godoba division. I just uh, Aaron, you lucky dog. And we're gonna we're gonna try to adjust the schedules this year where you try to play your division people twice and then once from the other division. So we'll see off the top of my head if that could work, but. Um, God, the Cadoba division is just going to be a freaking 
nightmare. It's going to be so awful. Gosh, have fun, Aaron. Freaking hitting all the low-end folks. So, All right, anything to add before we move into our sign-offs, period? Let's go. All right, well, our beautiful voices on this very long episode, you probably found us on Spotify or Apple Music or the streaming platforms that matter is what we say here. You can find us there, This League Pod. Um, Continue to listen, subscribe, share, and as always, now more than ever, because this episode was freaking bomb, you must just crush that like button. Matter. Destroy it. Crash it. Batista bomb it. Click it. And just click it. Damn. You can hey, click that was like aggressive, button. Aaron. Yeah, no, it's really aggressive. Yeah, click it. You're damn. not supposed to do that. I grew some balls. <laughs> <laughs> I got Kyle Pitts now. I grew some balls. Oh, shoot. Oh, man. But no, click it. Click the like button. We appreciate it. You know, it helps us out a little bit. Um, As always, follow us on Instagram at Twitter. This League underscore pod is where you can find us at both. And email us at thisleague2020 at gmail.com. Guys, what an episode. It's a little longer, but I feel like there was a lot of juicy content in here. A lot of stuff to get into. I know. Everybody cares about it. Clayton, I know we didn't talk to you much, but, you know. He was in Nashville. You're there. Hey, CMC coming back, baby. I know. He, that, he, he's a dark horse, man. If you got CMC, anything's possible. And Dak. And Dak. Yeah. And Julio. Keenan Allen. Thank you. You got, who, I forget who the running back is. It's decent, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm, ready, I'm ready to get into some of these uh, way too early power rankings. I know. My next episode. Yes. It's going to be juicy. Stay tuned for that. Next episode, we're doing post-draft power rankings. You don't want to miss it. Until then, I am your host, Chris Mitchum. This is Tim. Peace. And this is Aaron. You go on get now. Carson Wentz better not suck penis or I'm going to kill myself. (laughs) 